0: Welcome on into a Tuesday edition of Locked On Cougars. I'm Jay Catcher, your host of the podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it is your team every day. Covering the BYU Cougars for you right here, each and every day, giving you all the information that you need to know, as well as insider information you can't find anywhere else. On today's show, we're recapping what Kalani Sitake had to say during his weekly press conference yesterday after BYU's bowl announcement that will be headed to Boise, Idaho to take on Western Michigan in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. We'll break down some of his comments in this first segment. Second segment, we'll catch up with former Cougars in the NFL. Let you know how the guys performed in week 13 of the NFL season. Season. They're in the final month here for the NFL, so getting ready for the playoffs, we'll break down how the former Cougars are doing for you in the second segment, and then finally in the third segment, we'll catch up on everything we have missed earlier on in the show, have some recruiting updates, BYU football-wise, we need to get to some new offers that went out that we have found out about yesterday, so that's all coming up right now on Locked on Cougars. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Sling TV, we'll tell you about them here in a moment, catch up to date on with what they're offering all of our... listeners all right let's get going this is locked on cougars for december 4th 2018
1: yeah i was just like everybody else just really anxious wanted to get the. what we want to plan and know who we're facing you know and where we're going and that was nice i was just like everybody else i got the notice on uh yesterday you know so i'm really excited and, and looking forward to the time that we get to practice and the time that we spend with this team and then have one more opportunity to play the game so um yeah it's gonna be a lot of fun and, and uh after not being in the bowl game last year we're really excited about this one and i think it's gonna, it's gonna be a lot of fun doing the boys yet I um, got try to find a way to get a win on that blue turf
0: there you go, Kalani Satake describing a little bit of what it was like for BYU to wait and find out their bowl destination. He spoke to the media yesterday during a weekly press conference that the BYU held at the student-athlete building there in Provo. He was joined by quarterback Zach Wilson, tight end Matt Bushman, as well as defensive back Dion Gonwoloku. Uh, good to hear from the guys. They're all upbeat about the game. Uh Diane Gonwoluku in particular said I would have preferred a warm weather destination, but I'm good, but Boise is good too, I believe was the exact quote. He's just happy along with his teammates to be back in the bowl season playing a game in December. A lot of these guys were upset that they missed the game a year ago. Uh, It was kind of a bummer end to a 4-9 debacle like BYU had a year ago. But the Cougars are back in the bull season. They'll be facing the Western Michigan Broncos. Uh, We did an early look at what WMU brings to the table yesterday on the podcast. If you missed it, you can go back and listen to it in the first segment there. Uh, Kalani Sitake speaking yesterday. He uh, is upbeat about his team. He said that he uh, is hopeful that his team will go out and win this game. He wants them to use this practice time. And the interesting part is, right now, it's the silly season. Coaching moves coming all over the place. Earlier this morning, depending on when you're listening, when you're listening to this, Urban Meyer announcing he is re- retiring from coaching. We'll see how long that lasts. That's just my opinion. From Ohio State, Ryan Day taking over. But it is a silly season where coaches are making moves. Assistant coaches, in particular, getting hired by new head coaches, etc. And Kalani Sitake was asked. Yesterday, if he believes his his staff, the other ten coaches on his staff will remain intact. And here's what his response was:
1: I do. I mean, that's uh, that's one thing that you can't predict. You know, there's a lot of things that happen in, in college football and with hires and people moving different places. I will say that I, I want my coaches to. to um, you know, I, I, I want guys to keep moving and, and, and progressing in their, co- in their coaching career mm-hmm. and so I want my coaches to be head coaches, you know, whether the timing is right for them to be coordinators or head coaches or whatever it is I I, I want to promote our guys to keep progressing and finding ways to be head coaches I think I have a lot of good uh, young um, and, and future head coaches on our staff and I, I'm going to try to push them to achieve their goals so uh, with that being said we'll we keep, we keep uh Uh, the culture and the team thriving and and, and, uh, whether they're coaches or players who try to get a machine going that they had back in the day. I mean, there's a lot of coaches that have come through this program and have gone to other places and done well with us in in, in, in high school level or college or even in the NFL.
0: There you go, Kalani Satake. and he said that he wants to pr- promote his guys. And I think that's the smart way to go with it as a head coach. Of course, Lavelle Edwards, his coaching tree, very extensive there in Provo. BYU fans can kind of point to guys. Andy Reid, maybe the most notable, being in the NFL there as the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles and now the Kansas City Chiefs and getting it done at a high level. But there are many, many other coaches, and Kalani Satake, he's a guy that wants to build his own coaching tree. I guess you would say he's a branch off of Kyle Whittington. Ham's coaching tree, and that's that's okay, but Kalani wants to start his own. He says he's got a lot of young coaches he sees as potential head coaches down the road, and he wants to promote those guys, but he does expect his staff to stay intact at least this season, and that would be a good thing for BYU, some continuity going into next year with what they're building on offense in particular would be a big move. So we'll see how it shakes out, but he expects his staff to stay intact. He also talked a little bit about injuries yesterday. Of course, people wondering if Matt Hadley and the other running backs would be healthy to go. Uh, We'll play the sound here, and then we'll break down who's expected back, et cetera. So here's Kalani Sitake on the injury status of his team heading into this bowl season.
1: There's going to be some guys that are kind of close, but uh, when I say kind of close, we have to see if they have enough time to practice and be ready for the game. Um, obviously, you know Corbin's out and Matt Hadley will be out, um, but Squally has been cleared to go, um, so he'll be practice full go today. Um, other than that, I think the rest of the guys are kind of um, still we'll still waiting to see. Um, I don't think there's anybody else that that are gonna, is going to be counted out other than Matt and Corbin. We were, uh, Corbin was a, obviously when we already talked about it um, after the game. so. What was Matt's stat? I know he got hurt against Utah, but mm-hmm. what was Matt's situation? Um, it was a, it was a fractured leg. Yeah. So tough guy. I mean, walked off on his own and everything, and um, you know we'll miss him. But it's good to get the other guys back, and we'll still see if if Lopini's ready. He'll be kind of close, like I said before, and uh, we just got to keep moving. But he'll be he'll be with us, and you know, we'll be able to go spend some time together in Boise and hang out.
0: There you go, Kalani Sitake. It's a bummer deal for a guy like Matt Hadley. A fractured leg against Utah ends his season and his career effectively. A guy that's battled through numerous injuries was a revelation late in the season for the Cougars at running back. It would have been good to see him out there for one last game. The good news is Squally Canada cleared to return after another concussion. Uh, He is back practicing with the team this week. The Lopini Katoa news, if you listened to the podcast last week, we talked about it. He underwent a procedure on his knee and it really depended on when this bowl game landed now with it being a pre-Christmas bowl game it'll be a game time decision it looks like for Lopini if he's able to recover in time if it were me I would tell him just to get fully healthy and get ready for spring ball but that's just my take Uh, we'll see what happens there Uh, of course uh, some people reached out when I tweeted out this information at Jacob C. Hatch yesterday about the injuries Uh, they asked what about Isaiah and I feel bad that we as media members did not follow up on that ask about Isaiah, but I was perusing social media yesterday, as I want to do, and I saw Devin Kafusi posted a picture of his brother, uh, Corbin Kafusi on a knee scooter. Of course, Corbin, his uh, season is over. He's ha- he's having to go undergo three different procedures, uh, one on his ankle, which he underwent already. He'll have to undergo a procedure for a torn triceps, as well as a surgery on his pinky but he was there was a picture on devin kafusi's instagram feed that showed Corbin Kafusi on a knee scooter, one of those scooters you kind of zip around on when you have a lower leg injury. And right next to him, Isaiah Kafusi on a knee scooter of his own. Don't know what the injury is to Isaiah Kafusi in particular, but if he's on a knee scooter at this point, I would say it's a long shot at best that he plays against Western Michigan. We'll keep you updated with any other news that comes out with regards to that, but I just wanted to pass that along to you guys that have, that had asked about it. Um, continuing on with what some of Kalani Satake had to say yesterday. Uh, he talked about Western Michigan a little bit, what he's seen on film. He said Tim Lester, uh, Western Michigan alum in his own right. So we have two coaches who are alums of the schools that they are the head coaches of, which is a cool thing to see. But he talked about what Western Michigan brings to the table, but then also talked about what his plan was to utilize the 15 NCAA allotted practices that teams can use in the lead-up to games. So here was what Kalani Satake had to say on the Western Michigan Broncos. Broncos, as well as the practice time for his team in particular.
1: There's guys on the team that went, they went undefeated and went to, uh, I think the Cotton Bowl against Wisconsin a few years back, a couple years back, and um, so I'm pretty sure those guys are the senior leaders on that team right now. And, uh, so there's guys there that have been played against some big time games and looking at their offense, they scored a lot of points. I think they averaged around roughly around two fifty in the passing game and then uh, two hundred running, you know, so uh, they put up a lot of points and and they beat a team that we lost to, you know, in Northern Illinois. So if you're looking at common opponents, we can look at that and um, this is an, an opportunity for us to uh, with with a lot of time to get ready for the game uh, to work hard get better provide our, our younger guys that get to get better and learn the scheme a little bit more and work on our depth and and um, you know, have an extra spring ball, really. And so, we're gonna try to develop our guys quickly and utilize all the time we can practice. We're practicing six, six six days this week and another six next week. So, we'll take as much time as we need to get ready for the game. But the, the whole point of this bowl game is to go and win. And you know, we, uh, 2016 we won our bowl game, and I look forward to trying to get, to get another win this this year. So, that's got to be the number one goal for us.
0: I have to say, it's refreshing to hear a coach at BYU say he's going to utilize all the practices. Bronco Mendenhall infuriated a lot of people by saying, hey, well, we don't necessarily need to use all the practice time. We'll make sure we're ready, but we won't use it all. And there were games that Bronco Mendenhall's teams looked woefully underprepared for their bowl game. And Kalani Sitake, they'll be practicing six times this week, six times next week, which would be 12 practices. And then the week leading up to the game, three more practices, which is more of a standard game week procedure where you have three practices Practice is a walkthrough as you get ready for a game. I like what Kalani Satake is doing. Uh, his players are going to have to fit in finals when those land here in Provo around their practice schedule, but I I am applauding BYU and Kalani Satake for utilizing this extra practice time. It was a big time goal of theirs to get this extra practice time with the bowl birth that they got and they need to make sure they utilize it and utilize it to the best of their ability and it looks like they're doing so. Uh, One last thing here of course, the early signing period in college football is coming up. It'll open up on December 19th which is two days before BYU plays in a bowl game. The team will be in Boise at that point for the bowl festivities but Kalani Satake said that, uh, well he was asked, okay are you going to be able to get all the recruiting stuff done that you need to in the lead up to the early signing window and here's what Kalani Sitake had to say in that regard. A lot
1: of our guys are local. We'll be able to take care of in our home visits and stuff in, in, in the evening uh, but uh, we'll have to um, have coaches fly and do home visits and get right back here and, and practice so we'll just, uh, we won't just we will have a bunch of coaches gone. We'll have a few going home visits and we kind of have an idea of who are our, our guys that are going to sign mid-year. We know who they are and plan on signing a, a good group on um, on the 19th and and i uh, will go from there. But I think that that's, that's got to be part of uh, what we do. And mostly in the evenings now, it's getting the home visits. And so uh, we'll, I think we'll be able to accomplish both.
0: There you go, Kalani Satake. He said that they're confident they can get their in-home visits in with these guys who are going to sign in the early signing window. And that's good news for BYU because I know last year and a lot of programs in particular around the country have kind of shifted to making this early signing day the primary signing day. They want their guys to sign as soon as possible, get the pen to paper as it is of that binding contract that brings a young man into the BYU football program. I'm expecting BYU will sign the majority of their class Uh, We've talked about it, about 13 commitments currently for the Cougars amongst the class it they'll probably take between 15 and 18 players overall. So I'm expecting the vast majority of BYU's class to sign in that early signing window on December 19th, or the few days after that uh, time. Uh, BYU, confident they'll get it done. So we'll see how they do. We said a lot of local prospects that would refer to guys like Chase Roberts, etc. In the final segment of today's show, we'll break down some more offers that came out uh, just yesterday and over the weekends we'll break down where those offers went out to some local, some JUCO guys and even some uh, more national prospects as well. Alright we'll take a time out here, we'll step aside uh, we'll come back, we're going to talk about former Cougars and the pros, it's an all football edition of Locked on Cougars today tomorrow we'll be getting you ready for a big in-state game for BYU basketball against Utah State, but we're going to stick with football today, we'll catch you up with former Cougars who are playing in the NFL and how they performed in We week- week. week 13 of the NFL season. Before we do that, though, do need to tell you about today's sponsor on the show, and that is Sling TV. Our good friends at Sling are the best way to watch all the college sports you can handle. Kind of making the transition a little bit from college football, hot and heavy, to college basketball, but bull season is still here, so there's plenty to watch, and Sling TV is the best option for you to watch all the games you're missing. For just $30 a month, you get the ESPN Networks, Pac-12 Networks, SEC Network, and more. You can stream it all on your big screen or record take it with you on your devices with their mobile app. Sling TV gives you the live TV you love only better. There are no useless channels you're not paying for a cable package you watch maybe 10% of. You pick the channels you want to watch that's what you pay for. There are no long term contracts, no hidden fees and of course you can cancel it anytime. So check it out guys. Locked on Cougars listeners can get a 7 day free trial for Sling TV to see if it's the right option for you by going to sling.com slash locked on that's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked on check it out guys seven day free trial see if sling tv is the best option for you to catch all the college sports you may be missing once again sling.com slash locked on
2: the NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to locked on college basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket so don't wait
0: You are Locked on Cougars, and Locked on Cougars is available everywhere. Find podcasts are to be found. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, anywhere you use your podcatcher at, you can find us. You also can tell your smart speaker. Play podcast Locked on Cougars, and you can find us there. Thanks again for joining me. I'm Jay Catch, your host here on this podcast each and every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We are the number one local sports daily podcast network in America. So thanks again for taking the time to download the show. Please continue to share it with your family and friends. Let them know about the show, why you like it, et cetera. It's the holiday season. You'll be seeing a lot of people you haven't seen in a while. And if you are talking about the Cougars, say, Hey, I've got this podcast I'd like you to check out. It's called Locked On Cougars. And let, me, let them know that Jay Catch, the host, would appreciate their patronage. All right, we're catching you up with BYU players that are playing in the NFL currently. We'll start off with Fred Warner, linebacker for the San Francisco 49ers. The Niners are having a rough season. I'm a Niners fan, born and raised, guys that I have loved forever, and they are having a bad season. They're 2-10, and ten, just an awful year. But Fred Warner having a good year. They lost to the Seahawks 43-16 to over the weekend. He did start in the game once again. He recorded two solo tackles, six assisted tackles, and one quarterback hurry. Warner's season to this point, 65 solo tackles, 26 assisted tackles, uh, he's going to be 100-tackle 100 t- 100 season for Fred Warner. He's getting a lot of pub despite the lackluster season for the Niners overall for his play. So it's good to see him doing that. I believe he's still in the top 20 in the NFL in total tackles, top 15 in solo tackles. Yeah, 18 in total tackles, uh, number 15 in solo tackles. So hats off to Fred Warner. Another linebacker out of BYU, Kyle Van Noy, started once again for the New England Patriots in their 24-10 win over Minnesota. He had four solo tackles, one assisted tackle, and one quarterback hurry. He started all 12 games this year as a starter for the for the Patriots. He has 47 solo tackles and 29 assisted tackles, and he's got a number of other stats. Two pass breakups, five quarterback hurries, four tackles for loss, two sacks, one interception, one fo- forced fumble, one fumble recovery, and then one touchdown on a blocked punt. So, awesome to see Kyle Van Noy getting it done for New England. Uh, they win again. The Patriots are just a machine, and it's good to see Van Noy doing good things. Michael Davis, the starting cornerback now for the Los Angeles Chargers, started once again in their comeback 33 30 victory over Pittsburgh. Kind of a wild finish. Three offsides for Pittsburgh to give the Chargers three chances at the game winning kick, which they finally uh, put through the uprights. Uh, Davis finished the game with one solo tackle and one pass defended. He has now started five games for the Chargers. He's played seven as a substitute, 23 Three solo tackles, five assisted tackles, three passes defended, and one forced fumble on the year for Michael Davis. Good to see him continuing to get it done for the Chargers. Jamal Williams now amidst a coaching change there in Green Bay with the Packers. Mike McCarthy fired in the aftermath of their loss to the Arizona Cardinals 20-17 on Sunday. Uh, Williams came in as a substitute once again. Carried the ball seven times. This is probably his most action he's had in a few weeks at least. Seven carries for 13 yards. Four passes caught for 14 yards. And also returned three kickoffs for 72 yards for 99 total yards in the game. Uh, his seventh game as a substitute for the Packers this year but good to see Jamal's trying to um, increase his role a little bit with Joe Philbin taking over as the interim head coach we'll see how that affects Jamal's playing time going forward as the Packers search for a new head coach the Swiss Army knife in New Orleans Taysom Hill the quarterback slash tight end slash wide receiver slash kick returner slash do everything weapon for the Saints I played as a backup quarterback in their 13 to stunning, well it's a stunning 13 to 10 loss to Dallas on Thursday night football last week. He returned two kickoffs in the game for 47 yards so not necessarily his most statistically outstanding performance but nobody really for the Saints stood out in this game like I said a 13 to 10 game snapping a long winning streak for the Saints but Taysom Hill continuing to get it done. Bleacher Report had a fantastic piece on him which I will link in the show notes that you guys can go out and read if you haven't read already Taysom Hill man he's an anomaly getting comparisons to Steve Young some of the other things that are coming out about him cool to see he's carved out quite the career for himself and good to see Taysom Hill back on his feet and healthy and contributing at the highest level uh, a few more players here John Denny the long snapper for Miami once again his Iron Man streak continues for the Miami Dolphins 10 snaps at long snapper no stats in their 21 to 17 victory over Buffalo he continues to get it done. He's carved out a long career for himself, and it doesn't look like it's slowing down anytime soon. So hats off to Mr. Denny. Daniel Sorensen came in as a substitute in the Chiefs' 40-33 to win over the Oakland Raiders. He had one solo tackle, one assisted tackle, one pass breakup, and one fumble recovery. So a productive day for Daniel Sorensen. Coming back off that injury that saw his season cut in half as he was on the injured reserve for the first half of the year. But congratulations to Daniel Sorensen and the Chiefs on their win. Head coach Andy Reid, of course, a BYU alum in his own right. Finally, Ezekiel Ziggy Ansah. The Detroit Lions lost 30-16 to the Los Angeles Rams in a hard-fought game. Ziggy started for the first time since the first game of the year in that loss. Uh, Not necessarily his biggest day. Statistically, he's only recorded one quarterback hurry in the game, but is his second game as a starter, so good to see him working his way back into shape. Uh, He has eight solo tackles, three assisted tackles, two tackles for loss, six quarterback hurries, and four sacks on the season, all in limited time. So awesome to see Ziggy continuing to get it done, and we'll hopefully continue to hear more from him as we go forward. All right, there you go. That's all the former players that are currently on active rosters in the NFL. Of course, we will keep you up to date with other players on practice squads like Akai Nakua, Harvey Longy, Bronson Kafusi. If they do get called up late in the season, you will hear it right here on Locked on Cougars. We will step aside. We'll come back, catch up on everything else we've missed with this show in quick hits. Got some recruiting news, some offers that we need to recap for you. Coming up next right here on Locked on Cougars. Welcome back to Locked On Cougars as we wrap up today's show. I want to thank you guys for your continued support of the podcast. It is a blast Truthfully and honestly, I love doing this show. I have people ask me all the time, does it get monotonous trying to come up with topics each and every day? And as I tell them, when you're passionate about a project like I am about this one, it makes it easy to do. So thanks again for your continued support of the show. All right, as we wrap things up, quick hits today is going to stay with football. Some offers the BYU staff has been busy with uh, last week out on the road recruiting hot and heavy. And I've got to give props to A.J. Stewart, BYU's running back coach. He is unafraid about what BYU has to offer. He's a guy that didn't have a connection to the Cougars before coming here from Rice, a guy that played at Kansas, but he has been unapologetic about what BYU stands for, honor code, academics, everything. So hats off to him for being that willing to go out and sell this program. An offer went out to Aiden Robbins last week from Coach Stewart who visited uh, his home last week. Aiden Robbins is a running back prospect who has been committed to the Louisville Cardinals. Of course, Louisville just hiring Scott Satterfield from Appalachian State as their new head coach in the aftermath of Bobby Petrino getting fired. Uh, BYU looking to swoop in and pick up a long-time commit to the Cardinals. We'll see if Aiden ultimately decides to decommit with the new hire of Scott Satterfield if he decides to stick with Louisville. But cool to see BYU continuing to press for guys, get some talent into this, uh, get it onto this team. The running back position is a position of need and emphasis for this coaching staff, and they're going to press for it. Some other offers that went out over the weekend. Caden Johnson, a standout player, plays linebacker and running back for the Utah's 5A state champions this year, Corner Canyon. Of course, that being the alma mater of BYU quarterback Zach Wilson. Caden Johnson, a great player. He has been given a preferred walk-on opportunity by BYU. We'll see if he ultimately decides to take it, but it's a good player who can contribute on both sides of the ball. Kind of a guy that you'd expect to see maybe a Matt Hadley type of role. Who knows which side of the ball he ends up playing on, but he has met with Elisa Tuiaki, so maybe that gives a tip of maybe he plays linebacker at the next level. Braden Whistler, the star running back for Bingham High School, saw his season ended early in the first game of the year with a torn ACL. He's picked up a flurry of preferred walk-on offers, and BYU has added their name to that list. Uh, Whistler, not the biggest guy in the world, but he is fast as lightning, a great running Back for the Bingham Miners, plays in a system that relies on their running ability. Well, he has been offered a preferred walk-on visit that came out yesterday. Elisa Tuiaki visited him in his home to give him that offer. There's a picture of them on Twitter. Uh, Braden's uh, Twitter feed is at WIS underscore mode. Uh, Braden Whistler would be a good pickup as a preferred walk-on. He's got offers to Utah as well as Stanford as a preferred walk-on, so he'll have his options of where he ultimately decides to go, but it would be good to see him in BYU blue. Uh, Finally, another JUCO offer going out. and BYU, I've been very critical, as you guys all know on this show, of how BYU's academic status, the admissions office, is hampering this BYU football program no matter. Kalani Satake said they will continue to press forward and do what they have to do. And another offer just went out to another Juco prospect, Deshaun Collins from Col- City College of San Francisco there in the Bay Area. He is a running back prospect. Like I said, the running back position, a uh, n- position of need slash emphasis slash position that the coaching staff simply wants to upgrade if they want to be a great running team. Deshaun Collins, a freshman there at City College of San Francisco, has been offered by B1 it is his third offer. Uh, he's a young man from Grant High School there in the Bay Area as well. I'm interested to see how this shakes out with Deshaun Collins. He's a kid that didn't play, based on the statistics I saw, hasn't played a lot. He's from Sacramento originally, but a five 5'10", 200-pound running back. He looks the part. You look at the pictures of him, and he looks like everything you'd want to see in a running back. Of course, BYU Ramondre Moore was another offer at running back BYU offered, but it sounds like the Cougars have cooled on him significantly, so maybe it looks like Deshaun Collins could pick up the slack there if he decides to sign with the Cougars. So, wanted to catch up as we do each week with the guys that are out there in terms of offers for BYU. Early signing day coming up. I'm sure guys like Deshaun Collins might be a February signee, but it depends on his transfer scripts and his ability to graduate with his associate with his associate's degree from the junior college he's attending there in san francisco city college of san francisco so we'll keep you up to date on anything that comes out with recruiting as we always do because we are your daily source when it comes to all things byu news notes and opinion uh thanks again for joining me on today's show we will be back tomorrow got another in-state basketball game to prepare for can the cougars right this ship with the surging utah state aggies coming to provo we'll break that down for you and of course we'll have everything else covered for you with all the latest news and notes when it comes to byu sports as we always do right here on the podcast this has been locked on cougars for december 4th 2018 have a great day